Everyone and welcome to Ask the Blood Detective. My name is Dr. Michael Wall, the original Blood Detective. That's a nickname that I was given by a uh, grateful patient way back when, and I've taken it on as uh, a sort of badge of honor, as I've explained to the regular listeners out there. But each show, and today's show topic, by the way, is how to properly take your nutritional supplements. How do you take those nutraceuticals? so that you can get the most potency from them and the best physiologic effects. I mean, after all, if we choose to take supplements, we want to to take as few supplements as possible to reach our health goals and and whatever desired effects we want. And, And the way to do that, the way to reduce the volume of nutritional supplements, simply put, is to take them in the right amounts, in the right ratios, in other words, combinations. And also, there's something known as nutritional supplement and food timing. So nutritional supplement and food timing, along with looking at the actual amounts of different types of supplements and their ratios relative to one another, are some of the most important strategies that you can learn as your own personal blood detective to maximize the physiological effects of nutritional supplements. I'll, I'll start off first by saying that, yes, uh, for those of you out there who want to know my opinion about whether or not I think nutritional supplements are valuable to take, in other words, can't we get everything we need from a so-called balanced diet or uh, a, a diet that has been uh, put together with some real forethought to our nutritional needs? Well, I do think that's possible at certain stages of life and at certain levels of health. But most of the Ask the Blood Detective shows, most of the focus that I have with you during these different topics and today's topic about how to take your nutritional supplements is with the assumption that I would not like to assume that we must and should take additional nutritional supplements no matter how clean our diet is. Now, some of you have sent me questions and comments and have said things like, well, it's, un- it's unnatural to take nutritional supplements, so how can it be right? To that, I would say that, number one, not everything natural is necessarily healthy for us. Cyanide is natural. That, that's not healthy for us. But my point is that it's also natural for human beings to have intelligence and to figure out ways of maximizing their nutrition. And if that means concentration of foods and or extracting the active ingredients in foods, in other words, producing individual amino acid supplements or mineral supplements or B vitamin supplements or what have you, I say is natural and appropriate. I'll take it a step further by saying that, okay, maybe I'm playing a semantics game here and that it's not natural. We don't find vitamin supplements, you know, in the form of tablets and capsules and powders, for example, growing on trees, that, okay, they're not natural, but when we're dealing with reversing serious disease 
when we're dealing with the uh, goals, that our health goals of preventing some very serious health problems and diseases on a very polluted planet, I am one for the additional use of nutritional supplements. Now, what I do with my patients is I look at their daily food intake and I make sure to optimize that food intake so that it makes sense. Now, if that individual, if you, for example, needed, let's say, 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day, that's three grams because 1,000 milligrams equals one gram, do you know how many glasses of orange juice you would need to get 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day, particularly considering that a glass of orange juice, for example, has between 50 and 70 or 80 milligrams of vitamin C. My point is this. If we want count onable levels of certain nutrients to prevent and to manage and or reverse a variety of diseases, then we need to take nutritional supplements. So for those of you who absolutely do not believe in nutritional supplements, you should tune off to the show right now because this is for individuals who recognize that nutritional supplements are necessary. You know, over the, uh, the 26, 7 years or so of my personal clinical experience working with people with all manner of health problems spanning practically all ages, I can tell you that nutritional supplements taken correctly can and often do make the, the biggest difference in outcomes. An outcome is a polite way of saying someone outliving their disease and or living with their disease with the highest quality of life possible. So some of you might want to listen to my show, uh, What's in Those Vitamins?, and also my show on the nutritional interpretation of laboratory tests to get a little bit more detail, a different sort of detail about how to take your nutritional supplements. Which brings me to a very practical point that you should know if you are listening in, uh, today. Number one, that whenever I have a conversation like this one about how a person should optimally take their nutrients, we must realize that I am generalizing here. When I sit down with an individual person to figure out their nutritional needs and also how they should best take their nutritional supplements, I base that on quite a lot of paperwork and questionnaires and often laboratory tests so that I know not only the level of certain nutrients, but also I'll do tests of the use of nutrients in the body, the absorption of nutrients in the body, the activation of nutrients in the body. And by the way, a show that I did one or two shows ago called Nutrient Activation is one you should listen to because no one is talking about nutrient activation. We talk about we are what we eat, which we're not, right? We're what we absorb from what we eat. And we are also what we activate from what we eat. And the liver and the intestinal tract, particularly the small intestine, bear the brunt of most nutrient activation processes. But what I'll do today, since we're talking about how to take your nutritional supplements so that you get the most out of them, I'm going to run down all the questions that many of you have sent to me. 
Now, for those of you who would like me to answer your questions uh, for future shows, or please give me show ideas, because most of the ideas of the shows I've done on Ask the Blood Detective have been from you, and I appreciate that. I want to talk about what you want to talk about, what you want to learn, or what you want to get better at. So you can send me your questions to my email, which is info at blooddetective.com. Info at blooddetective.com. Or you can post your questions on my blog, on my website at www.integratednutritionny.com. Some of you could call me. I would reserve that, though, for those who want to work with me as individual patients and not for the questions which you can post on the blog or send me an email. But you can call me at 914-242-8844. I'm the Director of Nutritional Health and Longevity at Integrated Nutrition, and I'm located about an hour north of New York City. I also do phone consultations and FaceTime consults as well, distance consults. So back to the topic, how to take our nutritional supplements. So most of you, of course, recognize that knowing the whens of nutritional supplements is important as knowing the whats of nutritional supplements. In other words, it's one thing to know what to take, but yet another thing to know how exactly, what is the right time, what are the right combinations to take supplementation. And whether you're trying to improve uh, your general health or whether or not you're looking to maintain your health or whether or not you're looking to offset uh, wasting from various diseases like cancer, uh, any degenerative uh, disease whatsoever, uh, autoimmune diseases, it's very important to know something about nutrition timing. So here's my first practical example of how to take nutritional supplementation. Now, if you are suffering from any degenerative disease, in other words, some health problem that is chronic, which means it's been around for more than about six weeks, you are probably undergoing what's called catabolism or loss of your lean body mass. That's also called sarcopenia, which is a fancy term for the loss of lean body mass, the loss of organ mass. And that sort of loss is associated with an increase in overall morbidity and mortality. So what that means is as you lose your lean body mass, you will tend to live uh, shorter lives, and we also tend to live lives that are fraught with more disease and loss of quality of life. And the, and the body, as it's burning up its lean body mass, catabolizing it, has an increased risk, or I should say an increased need, that is, for protein. So nutrient timing fundamentally involves, for any chronic problem, is to have protein spaced out relatively evenly over the course of the day. Now, depending on what you read, you might need to take 0.8 or 1 gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. This is something general you might find on the news. Or if you were lifting weights, it might be as much as 2.0 grams per kilogram of body weight. But this is ridiculous, like most generalizations are. So what I do to figure out the fundamental need for protein, very important because we need proteins, not only for detoxification, but to build up any lean organ tissue. 
If you do not have lean organ mass, which are your organs, then your body can't repair anything. And all of those blood tests you've ever heard about, all of the results of the cholesterol and the chloride and the magnesium and the, and the calcium and the phosphorus and the liver function tests and the red and white blood cells, you know, all the testing you get at your doctors, all of that, that comes from the organs, which is your lean organ mass. So if you lose your lean organ mass, you're in trouble. If your blood work looks great, but you're losing lean organ mass, your blood work is a lie. It is a lie. To measure lean organ mass, one must do what's called a bioimpedance test. So this is what I do as a blood detective and what you might want to do, because if you do a bioimpedance test, which uses a mild electrical impulse, and it goes through the body, you don't feel it, and it goes through your muscle, your water, and your fat, and, and the muscle, I don't just mean muscle, but lean organ mass, a little more uh, slowly, you know, as, as a current goes through more dense tissue, it's slower. And then fat a little faster, and then water, the current goes through the fastest. Now, and all that timing is picked up by the uh, computer, the sensors, and one can calculate your lean organ mass and your percentage of muscle, water, and fat, and very importantly, what's your metabolic rate. Once you know your percentage of muscle, water, and fat in the body, and your your lean body mass and your metabolic rate, you can figure out how much proteins, how many carbohydrates and healthy fats that you need to maintain your basic needs. If you are trying to fight a chronic degenerative disease, then you're going to need an amount of protein, assuming you're absorbing it, that exceeds whatever amount of protein would maintain your lean body mass. You want to increase your lean body mass to get ahead of the degenerative process. So nutrient timing principle says you must eat proteins scattered throughout the course of the day. The best type of proteins? Well, uh, let's say vegetable proteins as opposed to animal protein. Well, you know, uh, we could have an entire show on which is better, but I, I will say this. Both can work for individuals, but I would take a particular person's needs. And if they say to me, listen, Dr. Walt, I'm a vegan or I'm a vegetarian, so I need those food choices of protein, carbs, and fats, then I make that work. Now, how I know it works is if the nutrient tests and nutrient use tests and the percentage of lean body mass maintains itself or improves itself based upon the proteins I recommend to a person. If we try and try and try to increase lean body mass with, with uh, vegan proteins and it doesn't work, well, then we have our answer. So my point here is that proteins throughout the course of the day and additional proteins based upon health goals. If you're wasting away from cancer, for example, or autoimmune disease, then you need proteins more often in smaller amounts throughout the course of the day because, folks, and this is a general principle of nutrition overall, that smaller amounts of nutrition, whether it's protein, carbs, and fats, or let's say vitamin C or B-complex vitamins or magnesium, you name it, smaller amounts taken more often throughout the, the day tend to be more absorbable and will raise blood levels and body storage much higher than if you take larger amounts of a particular nutritional supplement fewer times throughout the course of the day.
and in physiology, there's a term for this phenomenon of smaller amounts of supplements more often are better and more absorbable than larger amounts of the very same supplements taken in bigger doses, fewer times. It's called the linear bioavailability limit. Now, again, with nutrient timing, here's another practical point. Most of you over age 50 do not absorb proteins, carbs, and fats normally. So I would have most of my patients take their proteins with digestive enzymes. A high-potency digestive enzyme, I use uh, Detox Absorb, which is a pharmaceutical-grade protein, carbohydrate, and fat-digesting enzyme. And since most of the foods we tend to eat, even if we try to eat foods that are mostly protein, there tends to be some healthy fats in them or fats of some form and carbs. So the body is used to processing protein, carbohydrates, and fats at the same time. So I have designed high-potency enzymes for that purpose that have protein, carbohydrate, and fat-digesting enzymes. So they, you should take those enzymes with your protein, carbohydrates, or fats. Now, here's another practical point of nutrient timing. And you can see from this example how it, it, it must depend on the person's situation, nutrient timing. But if you have inflammation throughout your body from any source and or you have pain, you would also, see I'm saying also, want to take additional digestive enzymes in between your meals away from your meals. Think of it this way. If you take enzymes at the same time with your meal, if you mix them up in a bowl, let's say, you know, that means the enzymes will help digest the food in the bowl or in your stomach, which is sort of a bowl. But if you want to reduce inflammation and, and, pain, and reduce pain in the body and enhance healing, you would want enzymes taken at least 30 minutes away from any food, either before or after, at least 30 minutes or more. The reason for this is that enzymes taken away from food will raise blood levels of enzyme high, uh, enzymes higher, and these enzymes are anti-inflammatory agents. They can help digest uh, antibodies in the bloodstream and, and help offset inflammatory mediators. So you can see how nutrient timing varies. Here's another practical example. Today's show, How to Take Your Supplements on Ask the Blood Detective, is all about practical points, things you can use in your life today. Now, what about probiotics? You know, those healthy bacteria or those healthy fungi. I tend to put most of my patients on both bacterial and antifungal probiotics. So I use my Saccharomyces boulardii pharmaceutical grade antifungal bug. And I use my product called Detox Superbugs Colonize. Now that's the antibacterial healthy bugs. Now, so for one, it's always best to take Saccharomyces boulardii and probiotic bugs, bacteria, healthy bacteria, like Lactobacillus acidophilus or Bifidobacterium, there are others, together at the same time. They work much better together. Here's the next practical point about these probiotic supplements. 
you want to take them with a protein. Why would you want to do that? You'd want to take probiotics with a protein because proteins can enhance the absorption, enhance the something, something different than absorption with probiotics. It enha- proteins enhance the ability of probiotics to stay in the intestinal tract. So the longer they stay and the better they adhere to the intestinal wall, the more productive the supplementation will be. The type of protein that seems, in my experience, to be about the best, there's, there's two really I'll give you, for probiotics to have almost double their yield. So if you take 100,000 CFUs of, of acidophilus, for example, and you take it with whey protein or a, an enzymatically treated rice protein with Synergis, which is my detox five products, spelled D-T-O-X, you will enhance the yield. You'll almost double the usefulness of those uh, uh, healthy bacterial agents in the gut. Okay, so what about probiotics then? We've established that they're best to be taken with a protein at the same time. What about adding digestive enzymes? Do we want to take enzymes at the same time as probiotics, whether we're talking about Saccharomyces boulardii probiotic or, let's say, uh, lactobacillus or bifidobacterium? Well, the answer is yes. You, in general, would want to take probiotic organisms with digestive enzymes. You don't have to worry that the digestive enzymes will digest the probiotics. You know, on one, on one level, that seems kind of reasonable, right? I mean, we're dealing with digestive enzymes. Why wouldn't they digest the probiotics? Well, they don't. They simply do not. This has been well established. A lot of study in this area. I gave a two-year course on uh, gastrointestinal disorders where I spoke all over the country and abroad, and I reviewed the research on this very topic the combination of probiotics with digestive enzymes, along also with a probiotics with bile acids, which we'll talk about in a minute. So for those of you who malabsorb, and you can bet that if you're over 50, you almost certainly do, you certainly want the digestive enzymes. So I'll take my detox absorb digestive enzyme, and I will have make sure that my patients take that along with each of their meals throughout the course of the day. And we want to combine our probiotics with our protein meals, or the meals that are predominantly protein. Research has found, and my my clinical experience has shown me, that if you take detox absorb or a digestive enzyme along with a probiotic, the probiotic works a whole bunch better. And you know, lots of uh, practitioners will do uh, comprehensive digestive stool tests and they'll say to to a person oh you know your your stool analysis shows a lot of the healthy probiotics that's great well that could mean that they're washing right through you another common error by the way in terms of interpretation of stool testing is you might hear something like oh and in your comprehensive stool analysis, it shows that the candida organism is present. Well, it is normal 
for candida to be in the colon and therefore in the test. So we need to be careful with these interpretations. But back to the supplement combining. So we've established that we want protein throughout the course of the day in smaller amounts over the course of the day to offset loss of lean organ mass. If you lose lean organ mass, you're aging. Whether it's the natural aging process or chronic degenerative disease, we are burning through our lean organ mass, so we need to replace it several times throughout the course of the day, four to six times throughout the course of the day. This is why I designed my Detox 5 uh, protein supplement to be taken uh, in sips throughout the course of the day because that's practical. Uh, most people, I certainly can't eat several meals throughout the course of, of the day. I can't do it. And we've established that we can take safely probiotics like Saccharomyces boulardii and Lactobacillus acidophilus uh, along with digestive enzymes. We've also established that the timing of enzymes is important given a different purpose. We want to take enzymes with our food if we want to digest our foods better. And we can also take additional enzymes 30 minutes or more away from our meals if we want to reduce inflammation and pain in other areas of the body. I should also make mention that I find it particularly important for someone to consume a, a natural protein uh, shake uh, in the morning upon wakening because, you know, when you wake up, your body has essentially been fasting for between, you know, six and nine hours or however long it is that you sleep and has begun turning your muscles into fuel, breaking down, catabolizing your lean organ mass. And you want to stop that process because the better and higher your lean organ mass, generally speaking, the longer and the better you live. Saying that in a sort of in scientific vernacular, the more you can offset loss of lean body mass, the lower your overall morbidity and mortality from anything, and you can measure your lean body mass or lean organ mass very accurately with a bioimpedance test. That's a test I do on every single patient because you cannot figure out the proper dosing of protein, carbs, and fats and the proper dosing of other vitamins and minerals without a, a bioimpedance uh, test. Beyond that, it's a big guessing game, and we don't need to guess when we have science. So depending on the individual, I'll have them take an assimilable form of protein in the morning, a protein drink that has at least 20 grams of protein. I use my Detox 5 protein drink in the morning, and I'll also use an extra amino acid complete product. So I designed amino acid complete because not everyone will break down their proteins into individual amino acids and into amino acid chains called dipeptides, where two amino acids are together, or tripeptides, where three amino acids are together, or even four or more, which are called polypeptides. Why would we need these different types of chains of amino acids? Well, Different organs in our body require different lengths of amino acid chains. Some uh, of, the, of the physiologic processes in our body require single amino acids, and others amino acids that are two together, three together, four together, so on and so forth. But because of the risk and the, and the fact 
that most people do not absorb normally, I always give my assimilable protein with amino acid complete. That way, a person has the more simple amino acids so that when you wake in the morning, your body can offset the catabolism or the breakdown of the lean body tissue that results when the, when the body has been fasting for several hours. Again, during sleep and when you wake up, assuming you sleep four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hours, the body starts to break down itself right there. And in the, the fitness and, and, uh, and the muscle building arenas, by the way, most of these individuals uh, that are quite fit, they know all about nutrient timing. And the nutrient timing of athletes is exactly, exactly the same as the nutrient timing for the rest of us, particularly for those of us with chronic and serious illness. Because, listen to this, chronic and serious illness requires much higher levels of nutrition than we can first of all normally eat from foods. So then we have, we have juices and we have shakes and we have concentrated forms of supplements to make up for the increased amount of nutritional requirements of a very sick person or a very athletic person. I would also suggest that Breakfast is consumed between 30 to 60 minutes after wakening. That is the critical time for most everyone. I also would suggest that the individual concerned about the proper nutrient timing take an activated multivitamin with breakfast. So I use a multivitamin mineral complex, I call it, which has activated forms of most vitamins and minerals. When, you know, when, you, when your body wakes up in the morning, it, it needs to it needs some time to get, its, to get its physiology going. So by providing it activated forms of nutrition, it's, it has a much easier job of assimilating all that nutrition. So you eat breakfast 30 to 60 minutes after you wake up, you take an activated form of multivitamin mineral, like multivitamin mineral complex, for example, which has activated B-complex minerals. Now, what about vitamin C? Well, I think vitamin C also should be taken within the first 30 to 60 minutes upon awakening. And the question I've received from so many of you is, how much vitamin C do I need? Well, the vitamin C that you need should be based on at least two things in my, my humble opinion. Number one is, what is your blood level of vitamin C? But that's not the most important. If your blood level of vitamin C is normal, or even if it's high, that does not mean you have enough vitamin C. To know that you have enough, one of the most important of two tests I will tell you that, that will let you know this is, do you have any vitamin C in your urine? Think of it this way. If you fill up your body with vitamin C, you'll get to a point where your cells are saturated. That's assuming you're taking a very buffered uh, form of uh, sodium ascorbate, which is the sort, sort of vitamin C that most individuals need. So I use uh, Detox Eliminate, which is a buffered ascorbate. When you take it uh, to the point where you have a slightly loose stool. So I'll have my patients take a level teaspoon, let's say every hour for three, four hours. Most individuals get a slightly loose stool. Some need a more complex 
a, a sort of test done, but eventually you get a loose stool when you're fully saturated with vitamin C. Then your body will spill over some of that vitamin C into the urine. As soon as there is even the smallest amount of vitamin C in the urine, you know that you probably have saturated your tissue stores and you just had a little bit more than that and that's what you want. You actually want to waste some of that vitamin C in the urine. So, you know, so many of you out there have heard that term. You know, when you hear of people criticizing supplements, almost always they'll go back to this, this concept of, oh, vitamins create expensive urine. Well, yeah. Sure, because if you want to saturate your body's stores, you need a little bit of spillover in the urine to know that you've done that. Otherwise, you cannot know. Simply because blood levels of vitamins and minerals, uh, well, let's just stick to vitamins for a minute, for a minute, and the blood may be elevated or, or normal or even high normal, does not mean you have the right amount. Now, just to digress for a moment, blood levels of minerals... They, they have a bit more of a, of, a, of a meaning as composed to vitamins, particularly what are called the water-soluble vitamins. Minerals like manganese and selenium and zinc, for example, and copper and iron, they have a very narrow toxicity window. So if you have high levels of those and other minerals on the blood, you could have a problem that could be a very unhealthy one. But when it comes to the water-soluble nutrients, vitamin C, uh, B1, B2, B3, B6, B12, folic acid, having high levels in the blood is almost never toxic, with the exception, the possible exception, of vitamin B6. Uh, so a high level of vitamin B6 could produce a, a neuropathy or a nerve problem that even once it's discovered cannot be reversed. But back to nutritional timing. Vitamin C should be taken with the morning meal and also once it's taken in the morning, smaller amounts of vitamin C should be taken throughout the course of the day. So when you add it all up, you have an amount of vitamin C for that day that meets your saturation point. I've discussed in other, during other shows uh, what's, some, what's called a vitamin C a flush procedure where I would have my patient take a level teaspoon of buffered powdered vitamin C like my detox eliminate product every 30 minutes in, in one to two ounces of water until they have diarrhea. Then the amount of vitamin C that that person needs is not that much. They don't want diarrhea all the time. But 75% uh, of the amount that it took for them to get diarrhea or loose stool. So that 75% number, they would, take, they would start taking an amount of that with breakfast and they would have it evenly spaced throughout the course of the day in two or preferably three roughly equally divided doses. I also think that vitamin D should be taken with breakfast. Uh, vitamin D, as you know, is a fat-soluble vitamin. So all the fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin K1 and K2, lipoic acid, uh, CoQ10, fish oils, all of those are best taken with food and particularly with fatty food like avocados, and, and walnuts 
and raw nuts and seeds. Or with even a salad that has enough, let's say, flax oil in it and or olive oil because these oils enhance the absorption of the fat-soluble nutrients. I was, I've been asked a question about the best time to take uh, green tea extract. So when I recommend my particular brand of green tea, uh, I recommend that, first of all, it needs to be standardized. Whatever green tea you're talking about, standardized to contain around 30% or so of the most active uh, element, what's called a polyphenol in green tea, and that's called EGCG. And if the green tea is taken mid-morning, between about 60 to 90 minutes after breakfast, it'll serve to enhance uh, general energy and sense of well-being for most individuals, as opposed to caffeine, which stresses the adrenal glands, green tea extract actually helps to tonify adrenal function. And uh, weak adrenal function is a very common cause of, of low energy in the morning. And so is a low levels or less than optimal levels of another adrenal hormone called DHEA. So DHEA also, like green tea, and if taken together, mid-morning, about 60 to 90 minutes or so after breakfast, are very, very powerful for enhancing a very comfortable level of energy. The uh, hormonal supplements like uh, DHEA and pregnenolone, two of the most uh, common ones I believe that I probably use, are best taken with foods, are best taken with foods that contain healthy fats primarily. And that's the best way, and starting them, by the way, at very low doses because you know, there's all this talk about bioavailable hormones and how safe they are and all of this. Well, yes, they are far safer than synthetic hormones, but I would much rather improve the individual's ability to make their own perfect hormones than to give them bioidentical hormones at amounts that could actually tell the body to make less and less of the hormone you're giving. That's called negative feedback in physiology. It happens. So I always start off those that work with me that I believe need either pregnenolone or progesterone or DHEA at very small doses the doses are consistent with their lean body mass at small amounts throughout the course of the day, depending on what hormone we're talking about. You know, when, when people come to see me, the one thing I've been struck with is that when people choose to take their, you know, their daily doses of uh, vitamins and, and minerals and uh, you know, herbs, for example, it's governed mostly by convenience. Uh, as opposed to anything else, there's not a lot of thought uh, apparently put behind the, the timing and the combinations to optimize the effectiveness of the ingredients of this in the supplements themselves. So I've seen people taking large amounts of supplements for years. They slam that big bag or box of supplements on my desk and they say, I've been taking all of these. Why don't they work? I'm taking everything. The ratios are wrong. Many of the vitamin supplement companies used, they're not particularly good. And when I say that to many people, they'll say to me, but I've heard that this is the best company and I've heard that, that from this is the best company and that's the best company. 
And I said, well, how, where did you hear that from? And, and basically, they just heard it somewhere from some source they never checked. So my job and the job of any responsible clinical nutritionist must be to verify the, the potency, quality, and grades of the supplements that we recommend to our clients. And, you know, I've had a few clients over the years understandably say to me, well, Dr. Wald, you know, I'd rather not take, you know, do I have to take your brand of supplements? Do I have to take the blood detective brand of supplements? And I say, of course you don't have to. But you're coming to see me after months or years of you taking the supplements you're taking and you're not feeling well. And or we've done some tests at, by this point, and and I'll say, you know, the, the truth is, it doesn't even look like you're taking anything. Or I might also say, you know, you're not feeling well. I don't know if you would be feel you'd feel worse, or your tests that I've performed might be any worse if you did not take the supplements you're taking. But if we really want to give an honest shot to the work that I can do with you, you probably should take my brand of supplements. Why? Because I can vouch for the quality of them. I develop them. I can pick out, I know them very, very well. But from time to time, uh, and this is just an open, honest, transparent conversation I'm having with you, the audience today, is that yes, of course, I know and believe my supplements are better than others. So I will try to use your supplements, of course, and we'll see how it goes. But if it doesn't work, we might have wasted weeks or months uh, where we might have been able to put a better plan together because I had I know my supplements better. But having said that, we just need to have a, 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 an honest conversation uh, and see what supplements a person is taking. Now, when you do see someone about your health problems and you say that you've taken a bunch of supplements, some of you will bring your supplements to those providers. I certainly have experienced this. And some will say, well, these are what I want to take. I'm sure you want to look at what's in them. Now, some of these supplements I just see by the companies that it doesn't even matter what they will write on the label. I know they're not reliable. So I like to start fresh and clean because when I do a blood detective approach on someone where I'm figuring out their nutritional needs, whether it's diet or nutritional supplements, from questionnaires, from a very detailed conversation, and from chemistry and other types of tests like a bioimpedance test, it's very important we put the right ratios, the right doses, and the right timing of things together. And oftentimes, it simply does not match the types of supplementation that many people are taking. And sometimes it will match. Now let's talk about a supplement called L-glutamine. When should we take that? And why should we take that? Well, pretty much everyone. Near, almost everyone should be taking this, except maybe if you have chronic renal failure. If your doctor has said to you, or if you look at your blood work and you see that your creatinine clearance is elevated, even if it's elevated by 0.1, 0.1, then you may uh, certainly want to get the expert advice of a, an experienced nutritionist. Because that means that you likely have some degree of chronic or possibly even acute uh, renal failure. And the ability of the, the body and for the, the kidneys to process amino acids and proteins, amino acids like glutamine and proteins, may be impaired. In general, however, a person with chronic renal failure, they're generally over 65, 
they would do better with uh, plant-based proteins. Now, back to L-glutamine. L-glutamine is uh, fine to take all by itself. And in fact, it is best to be taken by itself at least 30 minutes away from other meals. Now, why should most people be taking glutamine? Well, glutamine, first of all, is the most abundant amino acid in the body. It is essential and required as a fuel source to build the lean body mass, which we've talked about its importance throughout the course of the show. Uh, but also importantly, it's essential as a fuel for what are known as the enterocytes. The enterocytes are the cells that line the bowel. And the bowel is constantly slothing off, losing its cells. And the better that those cells can regenerate themselves into new healthy cells, the better your digestive capacity will be, the better your detoxification will be, the lower your inflammation in your bowel will be, the more resilient your immune system will be because approximately 70% of our immune system is located in the small intestine, in the wall of the small intestine. So the amount of glutamine an individual should have varies very, very widely among individuals. Now, very muscular people and weightlifters or bodybuilders, for example, they, they probably should take between 10 and 15 grams of glutamine a day, supplementing it two to three times throughout the course of the day, whatever total dose is breaking it up about two to three times. Now, remember what I said earlier, that individuals that have chronic illness, cancers, uh, chronic infections, malabsorptive and autoimmune disorders, for example, diabetes, HIV, any neurologic condition should take glutamine in similar doses certainly no less than six grams a day on average. And then we can further personalize the dose of glutamine based on how well the body regains its lean body mass because glutamine offsets loss of lean body mass. Now think of a person who's aging. I said this earlier, but I need to reinforce this. A person who is aging basically shrinks, right? They atrophy. We lose lean organ mass. Glutamine is known to help offset and even partially reverse the loss of the lean organ mass in elderly people, which is associated with much higher rates of dying and disease. So the loss of that lean body mass in uh, old aging people is called sarcopenia. Glutamine is also used in... Um, critical care units in hospitals and in many studies that show that it will help a person recover from infection faster. It will increase their overall survivability from uh, disease uh, even when they're at the point of critical care. So I certainly take a good amount of glutamine. I take uh, 10 grams every day, and I do vary that depending on uh, what season it is. Now I'll be starting to uh, train more vigorously for marathons. I also lift weights, so my glutamine uh, level is going to go up and up. Glutamine is found in high amounts in any protein source, like red meat, for example. It also is fine to take glutamine with other proteins. But if you want to have a super absorption of glutamine, 
I like to take it 30 minutes away from all other foods. And virtually everyone should be on some glutamine. Now, I, I should mention at this point that although we could drive ourselves cra absolutely crazy with nutrient combining, in other words, it's said that calcium supplements should not be taken with iron, but most multivitamins uh, have both. Now, we know that we could get multivitamins without iron in them, so that's good. But my point here is that uh, you know, an astute nutritionist, physiologist can make a point for how a lot of these nutrients that are packed together shouldn't be together. I would say this. Now, in the arena that I work with, where people have persistent health problems, they've been to other places, they've tried a lot of what seems to be the right things, and they're still not reaching the level of health and recovery that they want, that more careful attention does and should be made to how nutrients are combined. And then there are those individuals somewhere in the middle where they don't have to pay attention to the strict com combination rules of not having this supplement with that. Another example is not having zinc, copper, or iron with cysteine. So cysteine is an amino acid. Cysteine is also a chelator and it tends to bind to those minerals I just mentioned. So what I tend to do is I take each individual and then through, again, questionnaires, detailed conversations and tests, figure out, and of course, um, also health goals, where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to have a hard time knowing how to get there. So figuring out the, the pace and the dosing and the combinations and the timing of nutrition should be based on, on your needs. And once you figure this out, you figure out a daily plan. And some of you would, will use technologies like your iPhones and your calendar alarms to remind you of when you should take supplementation. I mean, even I rely on my iPhone for that because, uh, I mean, if it didn't tell me to, to stand up, drink, and breathe, I probably wouldn't. So for those of you who uh, feel that, I mean, you use those technologies, then you want to use them to help you figure this out. On a practical note, I also make sure to have all of my nutrients, all my extra nutritional supplements, I have them with me in my gym bag. I have them at my office. I have them at home. So... I even have some of them in a little pill carrier on my keychain for emergencies because I want to set my life up for absolute success. Look, no one is going to be perfect with their nutritional combinations and timing. That's not the point. What is the point, though, is that when I figure out someone's total nutritional needs, I work in that plan a bit of being human because... To err is to human. So human beings make mistakes. Life can get in the way. So I make sure to design in a certain amount of initial, mm, let's call it insurance, when I put together supplement protocols and dietary protocols. Then, after you try this for a week or two and I have a conversation with you, I look at what you have done and have not done in your, in your actual life. And then if it turns out, for example, that you only are taking your nutrients, let's say in the mornings, and you're, you're skipping the rest of the day or you're taking in the evening or whatever it is, then I make sure to the best of my ability that I recombine 
and, and, and really look again at how your supplements should be adjusted to fit your life. You know, if I recommend supplementation to a person to be taken, let's say, twice a day, and 90% of the time, the individual, given the best of their effort, can only take those supplements, let's say, once a day, it isn't okay to just forget the other dose. We should look at rebalancing those nutrients so that when you take them once per day, which is the most realistic, right, because we've determined that after a period of time, that it's the best thing for you. You know, I work out in the gym uh, approximately four, sometimes even five times a week, usually four. But there are weeks where I might work out once a week. So on that day, I'm going to work out my entire body. And that is a value, there is no doubt. But the value that I get by segmenting, let's say, what I'm going to work out on my body divided by four or five times a week, where I'm just working specific body parts, let's say, that is probably physiologically not only better for my body, but the amount of fitness and health benefit that I get by spacing out and dividing my workout over the course of m more workouts is better than one. But that doesn't mean the one workout is useless. If I anticipate that I'll only be working out once a week, remember the analogy here is your supplementation. If it turns out that you, you really re realistically only can work out or only take your supplements you know, once a day, and that has been shown to be true over a couple of weeks of working with your nutritionist, then your supplements need to be readjusted, or your, just like your workouts would need to be readjusted. You know, with, with any plan for success, the one fault that I find some individuals have, which is blow everything is, they stick too tightly to their initial plan, and they're not malleable enough to make adjustments later. So it's very important that once you really are honest and you give it your best shot and you see what you can do to adjust your life and your supplementation and your meals accordingly. So I have a question here on how do I take my zinc supplement? Well, okay, so zinc is a very important mineral and it's required for nearly 200 different enzymes as a coenzyme factor, which means if zinc is not present in the proper dosing and type and timing in the body, then lots of those enzymes don't work. And most of those enzymes, or many I should say, are absolutely required for tissue repair, others for immune processes, others for neurotransmitters in the brain and other areas of the body, lots of essential functions. So we want to get zinc right. But why are we taking zinc? Well, if you have reflux or GERD, you know, gastroesophageal disease or gastritis or ulcers, you want to take your zinc away from food and the type of zinc that you want to take to get some topical treatment to your gastrointestinal tract that might have gastritis or ulcerations or inflammation would be zinc carnosine. That's C-A-R-N-O-S-I-N-E. But if on the other hand, you're taking zinc because you have pretty much any other problem outside of your gastrointestinal tract, you're wanting to lower the autoimmunity or the hyperimmunity of certain autoimmune diseases down to a lower normal level, 
Yes, sometimes you want to lower your immunity if it's too high, if it's too good of a, you know, too much of a good thing. You'd want zinc picolinate. The picolinate form of zinc is probably best taken at least one hour before or two hours after a meal. But if the zinc picolinate causes any stomach upset, then, then you take it with a meal. So again, that's being compromising if, if needed based on your actual individual tolerance. The amount of zinc, like the amount of how much you should take of anything, should be based on your actual needs. One of the most uh, important types of uh, dietary supplements that I place virtually every patient on, with very few exceptions, are my Detox 1, 2, 3, and 4 products. They are superfood concentrates that are pharmaceutical grade, they are pure, and they can be taken with food or without foods because they are foods. And it's also uh, best, in my, my view, to combine any probiotic with the superfoods because you'll get yet even another boost in the yield of the probiotic. The probiotic will work much better with a super concentrated, dehydrated food product, which is concentrated with plants of uh, you know, the vegetable and fruit varieties. I will usually start my patients with uh, half of a scoop of each of the detox one through four products. Again, it can be taken as a meal replacement or with foods or there's no other uh, restrictions on them because they are foods. Now, when it comes to fish oil, now fish oil, as you know, are anti is anti-inflammatory. I prefer the DHA fish oil in a liquid form. Uh, where the, the protein is removed to reduce any intolerance. And I like to give my detox absorb digestive enzymes with the fish oil because fish oils require an enzyme called lipase to make it very assimilable in the body and easier to digest. So enzymes should be taken with fish oil. And in fact, if you're taking fish oil and you have regurgs like so many people have, then you, that may be a sign of needing more digestive enzymes, particularly the lipase. I've already mentioned that probiotics are best taken with proteins, and then uh, the proteins are also best taken with digestive enzymes, which contain uh, proteases, which are the protein-digesting enzymes. I've mentioned that uh, fatty or fat-soluble nutrients like fish oil, vitamin D, vitamin A, K1, K2, CoQ10, lipoic acid, and even melatonin, those are best taken with digestive enzymes as well and with fatty foods like avocados and olive oil and other types of polyunsaturated fats and raw nuts and seeds. For, for those of you with any pain syndromes, uh, any diabetic neuropathies or neurologic degenerative diseases, you'd certainly want to consider alpha-lipoic acid along with DHA oil and MCT oil, which is medium-chain triglycerides. The combination of lipoic acid, MCT, and DHA oil is a powerhouse approach for anything neurologic, anything pain. Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, 
any neuropathies, any painful syndromes, any disease of degeneration, dementia of, of the brain and central nervous system. Those three products are important and they should be taken with digestive enzymes to ensure proper absorption and utilization. Another very important thing too is if you combine the MCT oils, the medium chain triglycerides, which by the way help the body maintain its lean body mass as well as protect the nervous system, and you combine that with DHA oil or an omega, any omega-3, and you want to enhance the utilization and the absorption of bioidentical hormones like pregnenolone and DHEA, both of those hormones, by the way, offset loss of lean body mass. And remember, loss of lean body mass means aging, means lowered immunity propensity and increased disease. You want to combine those together and use digestive enzymes. So you can see I hope you've learned that the whole concept of combining synergistically dosing and timing of nutritional supplements can make all the difference. So we'll call it, that will, that'll be the story today for the combination of, of, of uh, how to put your supplements together. And I hope you did get value from, from this show. Now the next concept, I'm super excited about it, I can hardly get the words out is something that, uh, again, you just rarely hear. I'm going to teach you how to look at yourself in the mirror and how to see others. And based on the color of their skin, the integrity of their, their skin, and the hair, and the overall appearance, and signs in the eyes, and other subtle hidden symptoms, or hidden, I should say hidden signs, signs are things you see on people, can mean inner disease. You should watch the video of me on ABC World News Tonight with Diane Sawyer where I talk about visual signs of disease. But my next one or two shows are all about visual signs of disease where you can develop a talent by just looking at someone for a few seconds and knowing what's wrong or at least having a really good idea. So please join me next time on Ask the Blood Detective for visual signs of disease. What you should be seeing in the mirror. For those of you who have comments and questions, please call me at 914-242-8844 and have a wonderful day.